And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel, flying kinda solo this week. My normal co-host, Matt, is not around, but uh, he's he's on assignment. I say on assignment because truth is I don't know where the fuck he actually is. He, <laughs> he, he disappeared, I left the cage door open and he ran out. But uh, yes, everyone, I am super happy and super thankful today because I got a great guest to come on and fill the co-host void. His name is Josh Johnson. He is a stand-up comedian of much repute. You may have seen him on Conan. You may have seen him on... Uh, you have a lot of credits. Help me out here, man. Where, where oh, are you uh, from? Like, interesting, you have never seen me on Conan O'Brien um, because that is a completely different Josh Johnson. I call him Mirror Universe Josh Johnson. Oh, shit. Uh, I was tricked. Yeah. I was hornswoggled. Shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am sorry. If it makes you feel any better, I've been doing it longer than him. I'm just not as successful at it. <laughs> well, we cleared that up. If nothing else, we have said that to the world. There are I, I'm pretty sure I'm the Mirror Universe Josh Johnson, though, because I have the facial hair. Ah, there uh, you go. Yeah, no, it's the Riker rules. Ah. Uh, so... No, I've been on uh, I've been on Comedy Central. Uh, I've been on uh, like Comedy Central show uh, Adam Devine House Party season nice. three. Uh, I did uh, a couple of episodes of an affiliated show here on the network Fox called Labs. I've been no stand up comedy for about eight or nine years now, uh, and I am located out of Fort Worth, Texas, which is a place that's not famous for anything other than Walker, Texas Ranger, and like <laughs> shooting one scene in Logan's Run. Oh, but it was a hell of a scene. It was a hell of a, it was the chase scene. It was the chase scene. And yeah, the RoboCop scenes happened in Dallas, but I'll still hold on to those. <laughs> That's fine. And we didn't kill JFK, but, you know, Oswald had his apartment here. So <laughs> this is where his rent went. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Dude, I know. Thank you so much. I'm, a, I'm such a big fan of uh, your daily stuff and the podcast itself. So when you asked me to do this, I was just like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to screw it up for him. You, you, you see, well, well, this blew me away too. I'm like, well, this dude's a professional comedian. This dude's been going around. This is his job. Like, man, I, he, he enjoys my stuff. What, what did I do to deserve this? So we're both <laughs> feeling the same way here. But the thing is, like, most comics, like, uh, we love our escapism, so we're either in a comic books or we're in a wrestling or we're in a both. Happy WrestleMania Day. Hey, there you go. We're, we're recording this while the bulk of the matches are going on. We both agreed we're not going to spoil it for each other because we're going to watch it later when we're done. Uh, especially with you being in uh, like an hour in the future. I don't need yeah. you screwing this up for me, time traveler. <laughs> did uh, Did you watch NXT last night? Did you watch the Big Ten? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even know how tonight's going to match up. It's always that way. They always... It's the thing, too. It's like, I think the NXT guys, they're just hungrier. They just want right. to be loved is the thing. They're willing to hurt themselves. And they have longer to work out their matches because it's also the, a school. The latter work was insane. Like, I'm still just getting back into it. So I'm not too familiar with NXT. Mm. But, like, the latter work is insane. I don't remember seeing anything like that since oh, yeah. I had started watching during the Attitude Era. And it was, oh, yeah. it was blowing me away. And I was like... Oh my God! WrestleMania is gonna be five hours long. Uh -huh. How are they gonna keep up with this? It's it's even longer for me too because I have become such a wrestling nerd. I'm like, okay, and I must also watch the Ring of Honor Supercard to see what's going on with Bullet Club. <laughs> and I don't normally watch TNA, but ooh, TNA's having a big crossover with Lucha Underground. And oh man, I love crossovers. <laughs> Wait, TNA's having a crossover with Lucha Underground yes. tonight? Uh, not tonight. It was last night. Oh. 
Man, I have to go back and watch that. Here's, oh. here's the funny thing about that. They they actually share a lot of the same talent. So you got guys like Sammy Callahan, who are also called Solomon Crow on Lucha Underground. So it's like, wait, <laughs> how, how how is he going to cross over when he's the same guy? Marvel and DC never worked together well. No, no, they did. I, I hope he gets two paychecks, if nothing else. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be a nice uh, trip down to the... Well, I don't have a bank account, so check deposit place? I guess. I'm I sure. don't know. I'm not good with money. <laughs> Neither am I, so you're on the right show, sir. I tell you. <laughs> and, and, and look, I know people in the chat, I know you come here for comic talk, not wrestling talk, and I alienate like 50% of my audience when I do that, but this this is, we only do it once a year. <laughs> oh my god, you have to be down like 75% now with my black ass on uh, here. <laughs> oh no, no, my my audience is very cool, I promise. They're all, they're all good folks. <laughs> I'm sure they are, because I'm one of them. There you go. See, good, good people, and see everyone. You, 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 people often ask me, "Hey, Joel, can I audition for the comic multiverse? What's it going to take for me to get on the comic multiverse? Be a working professional comedian and be That's places where I've you seen have to you. Do. It's way easier than people think it is. You just go up there. I was sad as a kid, and people give you money. Exactly. It's pretty easy. Comedy is tragedy plus time. <laughs> yep, uh, Tom's alcohol. Ah, that too. That also helps. So yeah, with that, everyone, we can hop into the news for this week. We actually have a fair amount to cover. C2E2 was the other big event going on in my Twitter feed this week. It feels like all my friends were either at WrestleMania or they were at the Chicago Comic-Con. So, they were yeah. at the Chicago Comic-Con. We just had our own uh, fan expo down here in uh, That's Dallas. Right. That's right. You guys have a fan expo and we have a fan expo in Canada. That's a thing we share. That is awesome. Like, uh, I didn't go, uh, but I did try to get Ben Affleck to come to Quiznos mm, mm. for several days in a row. I saw that. Man, <laughs> man, can we talk about Ben Affleck's new back tattoo? <laughs> okay, okay, we can talk about that. Uh, no no tattoo I've ever seen in my life has said, hey, what are you doing at this party for high schoolers? <laughs> More than Ben Affleck's back tattoo. Some some midlife crisis guys, some date a younger woman, some get a sports car, some get a very regretful tattoo. <laughs> I just I just want him to go like I know this tattoo looks stupid right now, but wait until the ponytail comes in and then the look is complete. I'm gonna be every douchebag at every record store in the Northeast. Which I like around the same time, what is it, the dude who's currently doing the new Batman movie that may or may not happen, he had to come out and say, it's fine, everyone, we promise, Batman is going fine. Is it? Because it doesn't look like it is. It, looks it like has never, it has not felt like Batman has been going fine for a while, and it felt like Ben Affleck gave us a hieroglyph to follow <laughs> the descent of Batman. The phoenix on his back is the Batman movie that was going to happen. He's sending messages. He's sending coded messages to everyone. I don't want to do this anymore. Hey, us us creative types are very particular in our cross for help, and his Indeed. is the back tattoo. Is it ever, man? Is it ever? Mm. So with that, I guess we can hop into one of the first big stories of this week. You're, you're, you're going to get some stuff from last week, too, because I put the Justice League commentary up last week because Matt wasn't here and it was less work for me. Oh, no, work smarter, not harder. That's that's what you got to do, man. Uh, the first big piece of news that came out that had everyone talking and everyone tweeting at me, uh, X-Men Extermination, a brand new event storyline from Ed Bresson coming from Marvel. And the cover might as well say, hey, guys, Ben just sure did make a bunch of extra characters, didn't we? <laughs> I guess we should get rid of some of these, shouldn't we? I guess it's confusing. 
that's exactly the feeling that I had towards it. And honestly, like X Men was the comic book for me growing up. Oh, like yes. it was, it was like that thing. And I, I think I started reading around the time that the virus storyline was going around, uh, and virus. you were getting those nice holographic covers. Uh, and I followed it all the way through Messiah Complex, and then when I saw that Hope was going nowhere, I was like, are you just going to start introducing characters that go nowhere? Yep. And that's exactly what happened. You, you just had, you just told the perfect story there, because that's literally so many people in our <laughs> age bracket for X-Men. And for me, I had a completely different thing, because I started doing comics professionally, and I'm like, okay, Bendis coming on uh he's doing all the x-men books i actually have a job i'm actually getting paid to cover these books now you know what? i'm gonna take the dive i'm gonna get back into x-men oh oh this started so strong and went so wrong <laughs> so wrong so fast and i the, don't i don't understand how, how i don't understand from a company standpoint how you let a storyline fall apart that hard yeah, it's, it's so true. And you could tell there was a moment where it's like, okay, at the end of Battle of the Atom, they'll fight evil X-Men from an alternate future. Oh, and then you'll send the extra guys back home, right? What if we don't, though? <laughs> and the, the kids coming back, I thought that was going to be interesting, and then it just went nowhere. It feels like they've been leaving that storyline out there on the bond for a while, but what I hear from Extermination... Uh, there's a good chance that they're going to wrap up that whole time-traveling younger X-Men story that I... I I have so many eggs in that basket. It's so it's many. So true. It's so true. I agree. And it's like, it's funny because we hear so much from Marvel Fresh Start. We're going to be talking about a couple more of those titles down the line here. Uh, where it's like, okay, we're trying to clean it up. We're trying to streamline it. We're trying to make it back to the way people remember for better or worse a lot of the time. And for X-Men, it's just like, they, they haven't said anything for X-Men. They're saying new Captain Americas, new Black Panthers, new Spider-Mans. Are, are we just going to ride or die with X-Men until this is done and see where that goes? I guess, because they, they basically relaunched X-Men every year, and I guess their feeling is every like... Every year! <laughs> I guess their feeling is we can't relaunch it again. We have to stick with blue, red, and gold that we have right now. We have to stick with the Pokemon colors. I just... Okay, so here, here's my thing. It feels like they're doing this reverse of the Spider-Man clone saga. Does eh. that make sense? Where they're just tapering everything down. They're patting everything down with so much useless story. Yeah. That, like, people who went to the... Like, X-Men were my primary Marvel. Mm -hmm. Because they always told compelling stories. They were never wrapped up in any kind of event for the most part. Yeah. And any event that they were wrapped up in was an X-Men-centric event. Yes. So you didn't really have to venture too far out. You maybe have to buy a couple of uh, issues of X-Factor here and there. Mm -hmm. but, which I never complained about because <laughs> X-Factor was amazing. X-Factor was fun. I even liked the last X-Factor they had. And, and it just feels like they they have so many loose threads now that yeah. I can't make myself warm with the blanket of mutants that I used to. It's, it's true. I think if there's one redeeming factor, and never did I think I would call this a redeeming factor... They look to be getting the Fantastic Four back on track, which leads me to believe, oh, so the ink is drying on that Fox deal, huh? So you're actually going to put time and effort <laughs> into the X-Men again instead of just ignoring them and putting them in their own little side universe? What? It's like, man, they are petty with that. That's they really the only, are. It, it, it took me through a loop because Fantastic Four just seemed to be one of those cornerstones, and I never thought that Marvel would take the the movie rights pettiness oh yeah and have it affect the comic book so hard and, and for so like, long 
and and with Wolverine, it was the same thing. I was like, you're starting to write him garbage stories, and I get it. You don't want him to have the kind of push to use a wrestling term yep. that he was having. You don't want him to have that pop, and you want to give that to other people. You don't want him to but get over. Only, yeah, and, and it's only because he's with a rival movie studio. You're doing a discredit to the people that gave you the position, put you in the position to make those movies in the first place. Yep. Now he. By getting, yeah, and two Wolverine is coming back right now, which means Old Man Logan is probably going away. We've already seen. Laura... I was hoping you could explain that to me. See, I totally dropped off Old Man Logan when Jeff Lemire was done because I'm like, okay, this story reached a good enough conclusion. I'm fine now. I'm going to assume maybe he's one of the guys they deal with in extermination because it's like, well, you're also technically a double right now, so we got to deal. He'll go back to his own time, which is what he had to do anyway. Yeah, no, I get that, but are are they trying to do away with the branch timeline that they have going on in Marvel by doing this extermination thing? I mean, yeah, they will have to uh, deal with that, won't they? Because not only did you create extras, but you also created messed up timelines on top you of You created them. so many. They have a crisis on Infinite Earths right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's bad. Barry Allen, something. Barry Allen looks at the X-Men and goes, man, even I didn't fuck up that hard. <laughs> and it's usually my fault. Everything is my fault all the time. That's fine. They'll send Quicksilver back in time to fix it all. Oh, my God. He's just... He's just going to release Terrigen and Miss and screw up everything. Pietro, get running. Yeah, I, I wonder if, like, for a sense of perspective, if Barry ever goes, like, I cause so many problems, I screw up so much stuff, somebody from an alternate universe goes, hey, you should look at this guy Pietro real quick. <laughs> he screws up everything, and he's not even good. He's a, he's getting a new miniseries, actually, spinning out of No Surrender, and I wonder, are they going to deal with any of that there? It feels like, okay, we got to fix some of your problems now. Because <laughs> they've announced no new X-Men titles. They've announced a lot of X-Men minis, and I'm like, okay, these X-Men minis are going to have a lot of work to do. No, they, they all, like, I don't see how you can uh, start to get a like a franchise like under control and back in line unless you do a bunch of these like mini little damage control stories everywhere mm -hmm. so that when it all comes back together you can go like hey look see we fixed everything now these people are here and it all makes sense mm -hmm. and don't hate us anymore please stop yeah. hating us please stop throwing eggs at us and you know what that's the thing about comics sometimes damage control stories work and sometimes you put the right team on them and sometimes it all comes together Right, like, and that's and that's what you hope for from any any comic book brand that you start reading from. Go like, okay, this wasn't great. I'm gonna take a little break from it, and hopefully, you realize, and other people take a break from, it, and you realize that mm. this needs to be fixed. Totally. And then they'll have a team come in there, and they'll get the best of the best uh, in there to try to fix everything. And like, sometimes it does work. I've seen times where it did, uh, mm. but I, I have faith in Marvel. I have faith Same. in the people that they put behind the X Men. Because they're a, they're a staple point, and you can't put garbage writers and artists behind a book like that. Absolutely, and I mean, they've got a, a really great crop right now of new, young, hungry prospects. They they have the NXT of writers. The NXT! <laughs> oh my god. They just, they just want to get over super hard, is what they want to do. Johnny <laughs> Cates is, is the Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just waiting for whatever writer they make the boogeyman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it's like, oh no, this is gonna get you over. Yeah, but what at, at what cost? <laughs> you will be a joke, but you'll always come back though. <laughs>
You'll never be away for too long. <laughs> You'll never be away for too long, and we'll figure out something else for you to do that's even stupider down the line. Don't worry. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess moving away from X-Men there, uh, we can move to a story that is comic-adjacent, but uh, also kind of happening in the real world, which proves that the real world is sometimes weirder than anything that happens in comics. Uh, you've probably seen this one making the rounds there, Josh. Stan Lee's stolen blood used to sign comics what? in Las Vegas. What is what is happening? When did comic books turn into a Marilyn Manson fan base? I don't This is gross. This is the grossest thing I've read in a minute. I didn't realize that this was a thing. Capital what the fuck. Now, a lot of this, they're still trying to sift through and figuring out what is true and what is not about. This story was broken by TMZ of all people. So, you know, take that with a grain. They know comics. They They know comics. They do. They know TMZ. It's definitely within their wheelhouse. (laughs) All right. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but this all comes from a lawsuit dispute that he has with a guy he started a charity with? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening here. There's th- there's a charity out there called Hands of Charity, which which sounds like a fake charity. That sounds like the human front from Seinfeld, doesn't it? Yeah, no, that sounds like a cover for somebody moving money for a mafia. Yeah, that it sounds super fake that apparently this group, Hands of Charity, had a signing at an Avengers... Uh, like, themed, like, kind of uh, offshoot of one of the casinos. I think it was Treasure Island. Where they're, uh-huh. like, where they're like, yeah, we're selling some comics for a good charity cause. You know, anywhere from 250 to $500 made with special ink uh, made from Stanley's very own blood. Like DNA ink or some shit like yeah. that. TM. Yeah. Trademark. Oh, yeah. Oh, you gotta trademark that. All, all the kids are gonna want that in the future. So, he, so the guy pretended to be, like, what, his power of attorney or something to get the nurse to draw this blood and get the blood from her? Well, there's that. There there was that. And then later in the week, they said that actually this blood might very well have been stolen from some things that he, uh, from some tests they wanted to run on him back in 2017 and has only just shown up now. So there's, there are layers to this story. This is an He's windpooling himself. For real. He's becoming his own comic book. This is the opening shot of a comic book series about Stan Lee and his stolen magic blood. He's Wolverine. You gotta, you Somebody gotta, stole his blood. You gotta get um, the magic blood. I'm, I'm, well, one thing, I'll, I'll say that I'm happy that this gentleman who stole Stan Lee's blood didn't get into a charity with Ron Jeremy. Because oh. who knows what that DNA would have been. For Ugh. real. For real, man. This, this is a weird story, and this is just one in a long line of just, like, what the fuck is happening in Stan Lee's life right now? There was a thing we covered on the weekly poll where it's, like, apparently he hasn't been seen in public for a little bit, and, like, he's not taking calls anymore, and he may have changed his power of attorney, and it's all very Something is fucky, as the Trailer Park Boys would say. I mean, I mean, I get, I get it. Like, Stan Lee's one of those people that every year he's alive. I'm like, wow, good for you. Thumbs good up. for you. So it has to, like, he has to start reclusing some way. He can't keep that young vigor forever. Uh, so maybe he's just kind of getting up there in years. I guess. Uh, selling his blood for kicks. <laughs> you know how you do when you get older. His, his, uh, his wife just died. Instead of getting a <laughs> phoenix tattoo, this is his midlife crisis. <laughs> it's his midlife crisis. I mean, and his is somehow way less embarrassing than Ben's. Somehow. <laughs> 
So I mean, I would sell my blood if it got like what five thousand dollars. They sold them for five thousand dollars a piece or no, something like that, that, right? It wasn't even that much. The article I read was like from two hundred and fifty to five hundred. To where I'm like, well, that's not much at all. I'm I'm like a million years old. You don't think my blood is worth more than that? This is basically God's blood at this point. Well, it's funny too because Stan Lee, he like never missed a comic convention for years and years. He often right. said that his main goal was to make his signature worthless as possible. <laughs> I gotta look with that now. And they trace it to a uh, uh, ink manufacturer or stamp manufacturer, yeah, and then yeah. that stamp manufacturer didn't exist. But yeah. another stamp stamp manufacturer existed in Washington, mm -hmm. uh, and they weren't able to comment on it, from what I read, uh, which is super creepy. This is all super creepy. I could see why he won't want to go out of the house. People are after his blood. Literally, like <laughs> like he, like you know when people say, "Oh, they're after me. They're blood suckers." No, really, people are trying to suck his blood. He has the same fears as a person in an old folks' home without being in an old folks' home. He thinks that the younger people are still in this. He's like a kid in Sunnydale on Buffy. Don't go out anymore. People want your blood everywhere. It, I get it. It gets even more fucked up, too, because apparently the rumor is now that he might actually start going out and doing conventions again. Really? Yes, I'm hearing rumblings of that now. To where I'm like, okay, if he does, can someone please get him away from his handlers and ask him if everything's okay? Like, legitimately? <laughs> Like, I want to be in the crowd uh, of his next Q&A at whatever comic book convention he's at, and I want to be like, hey, this is a question. It's a multi-part question. Uh, are you okay? Blink once for yes, blink twice for no. Just do it, Stan, please. <laughs> we we, we, we want to help you, Stan. Is everything all right? Stan, is everything all right? Is Disney making you do this? Did Disney take that blood? Oh, no. Oh, no. You know how their contracts work. It's mostly blood. Oh, oh signing blood. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, the Dark Lord movie, please! Oh, oh, we own you now and forever! Oh, look upon our empire of joy! <laughs> My dark reign will last for a thousand years! Oh. <laughs> you know, I've never been to Disneyland, but now that I know they're going to have a bunch of new Star Wars and Marvel stuff, I so want to go. You so want to go to Disneyland. Uh, I hope I hope this YouTube thing is paying you well, because Disneyland is not cheap, unless you're like a sick kid. Because, uh... I spent a grip there when I went. And I went to Florida, mm. Disney. I went to Disney World. Yeah. It was sad. It was humid, and nobody was happy. <laughs> Everybody had neck tattoos or athletic tattoos. There you go. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, but you should check out the one in California. Uh, just have some guap saved up. You're going to need some cheese saved up for that one. It, uh, it doesn't pay me well. I'm hoping I have some fans in the area with some passes I can use. Or better yet, oh, God, this, this is a 100% true story. Okay, so so I went on a Tinder date just recently. Bragger. Then, I know. I was, well, you gotta put it in when the chance comes. <laughs> I tell you. And, and this and this girl apparently she uh, her parents live out that way, right? And she's like, oh yeah, and we're planning for like a big trip when uh, my younger cousins come of age, so we can all go. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I hope this works out until then, because I'd Dude. really like someone to absorb this cost for me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, absolutely from that standpoint, but you're going to have a lot more fun if you just get a group of your friends together uh, because you don't want to take a relationship in Disneyland. No, that I... place is cursed, and you're going to hate each other by the time you leave. It'll, it'll kill it. It's the happiest place on Earth, but not for couples, though. Yo, you go in, and you're like, I love you. I love you. This is going to be so fun. I've never been to Disney. I've never been to Disney. And then you spend $28 on churros, and you're like, you should find another ride home. <laughs> This isn't going to work out. 
my pasty Canadian ass would melt in the Florida heat. I, I, I went to St. Petersburg, Florida once when I was way younger. I got an ear infection on the plane, got a toothache when I got there, boiling in the heat. It was one of the worst two weeks of my life. I don't think you're physically allowed to leave Canada, Joe. Appar- apparently not. Apparently the forces are like, no, you must return or you will lose your powers. As soon as you leave the northern barrier, your body just starts breaking down. Uh, you go into a red sun. Canada's your yellow sun. I, I can go to Seattle, but that's close. That's only a three-hour boat ride. That's close enough. It's fine. But still, go to Seattle. Check out Portland. The northwest of America is beautiful. You're trying to go down to SoCal, and that's a nightmare place. Not doing in more it ways me. than one. <laughs> Uh, but what we're trying to say is best of wishes to Stan Lee. Here's hoping you get better, better, Stan. Get get better, Stan. Don't let your blood be stolen, man. <laughs> keep all that shit, bro. It's yours. <laughs> keep 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 on keeping on. Uh, our, our next story here actually dovetails quite nicely. We're still in the realm of Marvel here, and this is this is almost the perfect sibling story to X Men Extermination. Uh, I thought it was gonna be the perfect sibling story to the blood drainings. Well, I mean, you you could you could argue that as well, and you wouldn't be wrong. Uh, <laughs> So, Donny Cates, who, again, you know, he's he's a real mover and shaker there over at Marvel recently. It's yeah, he's, like, he's, been, he's been doing work out there. He is. Like, every other project has his name attached to it, and this is just one of the newest ones. Death of the Inhumans, coming soon. They're still alive? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> like, I thought Marvel killed them that, with the show. Yeah, that, that show is dead as fuck. <laughs> I saw it in IMAX. The first episode. Oh, man, I don't know I, what's wrong with me. I I meant I meant to do that. I was going to, but because I live in such a small shitty town, my IMAX that's like only like three hours away was like, yeah, we're not gonna have it. I'm like, oh well, I'm not going then. Yo, yeah, makes sense. Uh, you count yourself lucky. I don't know if you want to see a train wreck in that big of a screen in that high a definition. Oh, it all came through really poorly in that high definition. But lay it on me, this death of inhumans, man. So, again, you know, the, the, a lot of it is still yet to be said, but the story basically tells you, I mean, the headline tells you everything you need to know. Hey, we got the right Staxman back, everyone. We're getting the house in order. I guess we're getting rid of Inhumans now, but Miss Marvel can stay because she's really popular and we're actually doing a lot of good work with her. Maybe Black Bolt can stay under solid in a mid, but we don't know. Wait, so, so they're completely getting rid of most of the inhumans with this like i mean death of inhumans it's obviously in the title but right like i mean i personally don't mind neither as do much I. because like i was tired of them i enjoyed the humans when it was something that i felt like they weren't trying to force yes into a, like a bigger role than they were it was like a it was like one of those things where if you were really a Marvel guy, yeah. like it was one of those things that you checked out because it was off the beaten path and they had their own oh, kind yeah. of thing going on. And so when you did see them interact, mm-hmm. you were just like, oh, my God, when they interacted with the rest of the universe. But at the same time, it's like you're, this push is just too hard. This is nobody cares. It's, it's you know, I defended the Inhumans book super hard, especially that first like Charles Soule's run where it's like, yeah. Yeah, they're just doing X-Men stories. The X-Men suck now. Have you read X-Men? I, I, I'm, ha- I'm happy to read something that is at least kind of close to the thing I remember. Everyone else vehemently disagreed with me on that note, and it looks like they won out, because there you go. You're getting you're getting your mutants back, and the Inhumans are going away. The Inhumans are going. Say goodbye to X-Guardia. Oh, uh, oh no. Well, the, the question is, though, obviously, you know, whenever they write Death of Blank in comics... Do you mean a metaphorical death, or do you mean a literal death? 
Uh, you know I me. Mean? I feel like with the Inhumans, they they can't get rid of the mainstays because I will burn their place down if they kill Lockjaw. Oh, but so cute. Like, it has to be a. Uh, they're just gonna like shave off some of the fat. But honestly, that doesn't even really seem to make sense because there's not a lot of fat there. No, people only really care about certain characters anyway. We Which, don't really care about the rest of the Inhumans. They'll they'll probably trim the number down to Miss Marvel and the royal family, and there you go. It, was that not what it was already? That That is what it is. That's the thing where it's like, oh no, we might lose some of these new humans who never caught on. Yeah, I, and I, I, it would just be nice to take a break so somebody could actually figure out what exactly Black Bolt's power limit is. Yeah. Because the way that they always describe him and they show him in certain scenes, it never matches up to how he gets his ass kicked eventually every time yeah. later on. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you probably should talk a little bit. You don't seem to be that big of a deal. Learn, Just say something. L- learn some sign language. Get a speaking spell going. Why didn't he learn sign language? That he just stares at people like an asshole. Feels, feels like a no-brainer, right? In, like, sign language, it's one of the only, like, you know, near-universal languages on Earth. Or at least I think it is. I think someone corrected me on that, and I might actually be wrong. Well, I mean, it goes into my theory that Medusa is uh, super controlling and manipulative and possessive because so, she could have taught him sign language but she real didn't. easy. <laughs> but she likes being the only avenue of communication for him and everybody else. Oh, oh, what's that, baby? Oh, uh, Black Bolt wants a taco, everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, could you could you put on an episode of Cougar Town for Black Bolt? He really wants to watch Cougar Town. <laughs> Don't ask him. Ask me. I'm the one who talks to him. I'm in his brain. <laughs> Man, Black Bolt, why do you seem so upset all the time? <laughs> uh, Black Bolt wanted you to know that the thing you just said was super sexist and he's offended. <laughs> really? He didn't look that offended. Trust me, he's in here. He's, he, I, I, I get him, man. I read him the way no one else can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's... There's your Inhuman news, everyone. I mean, I'm sure I will definitely give this one a look because I imagine a lot of people are going to check it out. If oh, only I have from... to. Oh, yeah. I mean, even just for morbid curiosity, I'm sure people will want to check this one out. So that's that's Death that's of the Inhumans, everyone. That should be Marvel's tagline now. If nothing more for morbid, morbid curiosity, you should check this out. <laughs> hey, it's a lot better than their actual tagline they unveiled at C2E2. Did you see their new tagline? What is it? Oh, Lay it on. Dude, Get ready. I don't think you're ready for this. Mar- I'm braced. Marvel Comics, selling comics, making memories. Yeah! Good good job sell. Really? You have to... You don't put selling... You don't put the job you have to do in your tagline. Wait, no. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Devil's advocate here. Let me defend Marvel. Go for it. Uh, they're getting into green cards. They are getting... <laughs> all- I don't know what that means. Selling comics, making memories. Somebody's first memory is going to be of that awful tagline. For real. <laughs> oh my god. You, you made a memory for me. Also, too, it's like, do you, do you guys not have a PR department? Do you guys, like, not have someone workshopping this? Because it's the new tagline of Marvel Fresh Starts. To appeal to the younger generation, right? <laughs> exactly. Brain comes making memories. <laughs> I've never heard. I never thought that dad jeans could be put into a motto form, but that is the dad jeans of mottos. Apparently, they can. <laughs> oh my God. Look, Marvel. I want to like you. I don't like slagging you off, but at the same time, it's like did you really need to put the thing. Your one, your one job you put in the tagline. 
I, I've always been more Marvel than DC. But as I've gotten over the last couple of years, it's been really, really hard not to just be all DC. The, because the, the it last just six years, they've been taking a beating. Yeah, I, I mean, movies, fine. Oh, yeah. Love the movies. Uh, but comic books, what are you doing most of the time? It feels like you're kowtowing to your movies, and now you're not even having any creativity in your taglines. Mm. Oh, well, I mean, here's... Here's the hope for Fresh Star, because, I mean, a lot of those titles, some pretty good titles with some pretty good creative teams. I'm hoping oh, that I'm that's Oh, I'm excited about Fresh Star. Mm, me too. It's, it's it's also a good windfall for me and all other comic book YouTubers, because whenever there's the even the prospect of a new jumping on point, our numbers get super big for a couple months. I was I was going to ask you that, uh, like, it has this has to be great for you, like the beginning oh, yeah. of Rebirth was. Oh, like, yes. when everybody's just like, what is all this? Like... Like, like, that's the thing, like, people, fans will always piss and moan and bemoan and be like, oh god, can you believe they're doing another reboot, they're doing another uh, relaunch, and in the back of my head I'm like, yes, yes, relaunch, Le many topics for many videos, Joel will work much this month. You, you know how we are, we complain out loud, but we're always gonna go see it, I call it the Star Trek Paradox. Thank you. It's like, uh, I know this is gonna be bad. Take my money. Here, just take it. I got Always it. gonna use it. I, I must know. I have to have to know. <laughs> yeah, because I'd fill out of the loop. It's it's just like everybody wants to delete their Facebook, uh. but but you do it and you fill out of the loop. And I feel the same way about comic books mm -hmm. sometimes. I'm like, I don't want to read this. I would prefer not to read like all new X Men with like young Scott and mm. hanging out with his dad, the Star Jammer, but I'm gonna buy every single issue because yeah. you know me and you can manipulate me. Absolutely. And hey, you know that's that's a perfect segue there, Josh, because talking to stuff that we don't always want to read, but we sometimes have to read because you don't wanna fall out of the loop. You have to be in the know, you gotta know what moves the dial. Uh spinning out of the pages of Tom King's Batman, which as you can tell, I run hot and cold with that, and boy, did I take a beating for my review of that this week. Oh, really? Oh. Like, I, I try my best not to read uh, the the like the comments on your Batman stories. Good man. <laughs> because because you're very objective, and Batman fans usually deal in absolutes. Oh, most certainly. Uh, only the dark side deals in absolutes. But oh yeah, I took I took a fucking beating for this week's Batman, and I'm just like, okay, man, whatever, but to, to say something nice, and this is something nice, spinning out of the pages of Tom King's Batman, spinning out of the pages of this new wedding storyline, we are going to have Jolene Jones writing a brand new Catwoman uh, solo series, which we have not had since, like, the New 52, it's been a bit since Selena's had a book to herself. Hopefully they change her outfit because I'm getting tired of the new 52 look and I could not be more excited. I'm a big Catwoman fan. I'm a big cat fan hmm. uh, and I'm a fan of women. So I'm a fan of Catwoman. Uh, not Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, but I'm a fan of Catwoman, the character in the comic books. And I've been waiting for this for a good minute and she deserves her own, especially yeah. since this wedding thing we all know isn't going to last long. No, because they never do. And it's funny too where it's like, it almost feels like many times when you read Tom King's Batman, he'd rather be writing Catwoman. <laughs> always! He'd always rather be writing Catwoman. Thank God you said that, Joel. I, I got called crazy at my comic book store, my local comic book store, because I brought up the exact same point. It's like, he seems to get a grasp better of Selena than he does Bruce. And he he puts a lot more effort into her than yes, he, he does, does him. I and also... it's 
He also it's great. It's amazing. It is. Yeah, and like I think he respects Catwoman more than he actually respects Batman. Like the the bit that always sells it for me is when she's having a big sword fight with Talia Al Ghul, talking about like, yes, yes, I love Bruce. I love him even though it makes no sense. I love him because he makes no sense. Love makes no sense. And, ba <laughs> and, and Batman's on the ground bleeding. Uh, uh, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with her. Whatever she said. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, oh. Tom King, I think you've shown your hand here. I think I know what you would actually be rather writing. And I would honestly rather him be writing that as well because he he treats her with a respect that, like, as, as somebody who grew up, like, reading a lot of, like, uh, Wonder Woman and Catwoman and Storm, like, uh, I, I love I loved female characters. I felt more than, like, the other guys around me because, like, my sisters would all read them with me. Oh, uh, so... You didn't really get a lot. I really felt like a lot of the female characters growing up in the 90s, uh, early 2000s or whatever, felt like two-dimensional, uneven. Mm -hmm. uh, when when they were smart, they were only smart for a certain amount of time yeah. until the male inte like protagonist could come and sweep them off their feet. And now you're oh, seeing yeah. them stand up on their own and you're like, absolutely, you have powers, you have skills. Why weren't you doing this on your own? Mm -hmm. And King is one of those guys that sees that in them. It's like, oh, for sure. I don't know why we're separating them so his, hard. His big Barda is really good, and you know, when he wrote Vision's Wife in Vision, for all the shit I give Tom <laughs> King, and I give him a lot of shit, he does do some good stuff. Dude, that Vision story, oh my god. Beautiful. Beautiful. Crazy. Intense. I had to reread those issues over and over again. And, like, the characters that he built out of that world, I'm still following Vivian. I'm still yes. a big fan of Viv. Me too. Ugh. Yeah, strong, strong stuff. So that's Jolene Jones, Catwoman, everyone. I hope it does well. I hope it reaches an audience. Again, she's been without a book for so long. It'll be nice to see what happens. And also, inevitably, when the marriage breaks down and they have the divorce of Batman storyline, they can run that through two books. Uh, like, the, the breakup between uh, Black Panther and Storm got me mm. ready for this divorce. <laughs> that was a marriage I thought was going to last. Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't we all? <laughs> hey, hey, they're fixing the X-Men now, and Black Panther is huge at the box office. Maybe it's time for them to get back together. Oh, my God. Who would you get Who would you get to play Storm? Not Holly Berry again. She's no. older than Taswick Bowman. Oh, that's rough. That's that's a rough one. I don't know who I would get to play her. Hmm. That's 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 a tough one, but hey, that's a story they could tell now because it's like, hey, we really want to launch our new X Men film franchise, which is going to happen. People love Black Panther, huh? You know they have this story called Doom War, where married Black Panther and Storm fight Doctor Doom to save all the vibranium. Is that a story we could do? Yes. Oh my God! Yes, stop! You're making my heart explode, <laughs> man. Like I honestly, personally, just want to see the wedding storyline that uh, Eric Jerome Dickey did, like uh. when Oprah shows up. And shit just gets crazy and dooms there. Like I would watch that as like a uh, like an hour long Netflix thing oh, with yeah. just T'Challa and Storm getting married and handling business in Wakanda. It's good stuff, and we live in a day and age where that could actually happen at some point. I am excited. Never has there been a better time to be a black comic book fan in America. A lot of a lot of really strong stuff happening right now. And moving on from DC back to Marvel for a second. Uh, the big summer event, or at least I thought it was going to be the summer event, I don't even know anymore, uh, Infinity Countdown, which we've all been enjoying, Jerry Duggan, I'm a big fan right. of his work, he does a lot of good cosmic stuff, he's basically finishing off his Guardians run right now, working into stuff, I, I, I wrongly thought Infinity Countdown was going to be the story, because it's the length of an average event, 
only for them right. to come out and be like, no, 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 Infinity Countdown is the prequel. It's the you know, it's the it's the opening act for the main event that will be Infinity Wars. And I'm like, oh, oh, of course, because you're doing <laughs> Avengers <laughs> Infinity War in the movies. You need you need something to tie into that. You need a book that sounds similar, right? This golden age of comic books and movies is a double-edged sword for people who sure. were into the comic books before the movies because yep. we just we're just this is our lives now. It's it's predicated by the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I thought, Infinity Countdown because I was like, okay, this isn't going to be an event event. It's it's going to be kind of low key. It's a little cosmic and, thing. It's off to the side. Only has a handful of characters. And I love cosmic things, man. I love Annihilation and Conquest. So, like, this is right up my alley. And then they go, oh, this is all leading up to something. I'm like, of course it is, Marvel. Why it's did I expect boys. anything less from you? And didn't they have, like, a like a summit saying that they weren't going to do things like this? Yes. They said, and they did it. They said, no, no, no more events for six months, we, we promise. I thought they said, like, 12 to 18. Maybe it got shorter. Maybe they're like the maybe they're like the alcoholic who's like no no more drinks for the next month. Well, the next week. Well, the next yeah. Um, and I should have known something as an alcoholic. I should know what another alcoholic <laughs> is lying when another addict to something and they're addicted to events there. They sure are. And again, too, it's like but imagine how much money we can make if we do the cross media thing with our movies. I would I would love to look at the numbers and I'm like. Does having a second Civil War story out around the same time as the Civil War movie actually move more books, or do you just think it does? I, I think that uh, I think somebody has done the research, and they've shown that uh, like comic sales based on movies, like it's very like inconsequential. It's very mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't really make a dent. You don't get as much of a push. So Civil War Two didn't even need to happen. It no. never needed to happen. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. No, and no, nobody wanted it, but I had to read every issue every for work. Every stupid issue. And every, every time. That's that's what? my thing. When people are like, oh, Joel, you have a great job. You get to review comics for a living. Yeah, but sometimes I have to read the ones I don't want. Sometimes you have to read bad ones. And, like, that's something, like, I, I did, like, uh, radio work for a while. Ooh, like, nice. uh, inter- internet DJ or whatever. And people go, oh, you got, you so lucky you just get to listen to music all day. It's like, no. No, I don't get to listen to music all day, and when I do, it's the music people ask me to play. So it's not necessarily things I enjoy, but it's things I have to play to get listeners. The the moral of the story is the grass is always greener on the other side, everyone. There there is no perfect line of work. I mean, except for I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's not. I don't wait. No rodeo clown. Oh yeah, those guys. Those guys are so happy. Those guys are living the dream. Yeah, like, I mean, worst case scenario, you die at work, and then you're dead. No more complaints. Plus, I'm sure there's, like, you know, a huge wall of heroes for rodeo clowns. This is Sprinkles. He died doing what he loved. <laughs> Sprinkles. Uh, this is Buckets. He's not an actual clown, but he's a rodeo clown on TV, so he's in here, like an honorary doctorate degree. Man, uh, you, you hear all those stories that, like, after It and all those, like, new killer clown movies and the renewed interest in the killer clown genre, real professional clowns are like, guys, this could this could tank our industry. We need to fight. We need to fight against this idea that clowns are scary murderers. 
We never see. Here's the thing. I never thought clowns were scary. Murderers I always just thought they were garbage comedians. <laughs> you're bad. You're not as good as a mime, and you're not as good as somebody who actually talks. What do you? What do you th- that you do here? You're, this is your office space. You're, what you're, is it that you do here? You're joking the joke, guys. If you were already funny, you wouldn't need the red nose and the colorful hair. You're overdoing it. <laughs> Also, if you if you are worried about Pennywise, you should look up John Wayne Gacy. He, yeah. he kind of ruined clowns for a whole generation of people. An actual real deal killer clown. You know, it's funny. I I did some research into this when that article came up. Apparently, there's like two schools of thought when it comes to being a professional clown. You can be like an ex uh, Barnum Bailey, ex like professional circus guy who went to school, who went to clown college for it. Uh-huh. Or you can be like the weekend warrior chucklehead clown who's like, hey, man, I just do it for fun, man. So you can either go to the wrestling academy or you can just yes. do backyard brawls like ICP fans. Yes, which I love that that's a thing. I'm like, man, it doesn't matter what line of work you're in. There's always the great divide of the, no, I I, I take the art and the craft seriously, sir. And I am a graduate. Did you know Steve-O from the Jackass crew? He is like an actual licensed and bonded clown who went to clown college and everything. There is nothing about the set of teeth in Steve-O's face that makes me not believe you. (laughs) He has the teeth of a haunting clown. Yes, I wanted to be a professional clown. I went to school. I graduated with a double major in squirt bottles. He's he's an enjoyable guy to be around, man. Like, he he did a show, like, because that was in stand-up, so he did a show down here a while back. Uh, and, like, he didn't let the clown thing slip, but it's very clear that that's his personality, so yeah. I am not surprised at all. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of his stand-up, too. It's, like, half, like, traditional stand-up comedy, and then, like, he'll do some stunts sometimes in there, too. Right, right, right. I mean, that's what you do when you only have half a set. Yeah. It's just what you do. <laughs> I love you, Steve-O, but come on, man. <laughs> so, so some people vamp, some people, you know, riff on the crowd, some people are like, okay, now I'm gonna walk into these hammers. Yeah, no, and and that's fine. And if I could pull it off, it would save me a lot of dick jokes. It yeah. would save you. <laughs> if I could just walk in a hammers halfway through. Tell me about it, man. Tell me about <laughs> it. So, yeah, that's, that's Infinity Wars. I want to give it the benefit of the doubt because I'm liking Infinity Countdown so much. And it's this been looks, fun so far. It has been, and this looks to be handled by about the same people. Don't. Don't go nuts with it, and don't, you know, shortchange a bunch of your books and make them stop to have tie-ins. I think the way Infinity Countdown is working right now is perfect, where it's like, okay, here's the main series, and here's a special one-shot based on your character, so the book you're reading does not get interrupted. Yeah, that's... If they can keep that formula going, I I am looking forward to Infinity Wars. Uh, That's just going to be more enjoyable for me, but I don't see marvel keeping it that way once we get into the meat of the storyline yeah again they, they get that drug addict fiending in them where they're like oh but imagine how much we could mainline into our veins if we yeah just let's shoot out a million books and have half of them delayed mm-hmm. like by a month so that when they come out it's kind of weird and it doesn't really make sense in continuity and then you just have to wait for the trades to come out and so we've already moved on to our new thing and these books explaining it aren't even out yet oh my god was that not the worst part of secret empire besides all of it was that not the worst part of secret empire was that there were stories coming out past secret empire and they hadn't even wrapped up the main book yet and you're like that's 
none of this is gonna matter. And and both companies do it. They did it with Secret Empire. They did it with Civil War too. Uh, DC did it with Forever Evil and a bunch of the oh, other yeah, stuff. Oh, they did. They but like that that main series hit a bunch of delays, didn't it? Oh, like yeah. the main. Oh yeah, and like here's the thing. Uh, uh, they're dangerously close to doing it with Doomsday Clock too. Again, you know, hey, I, you didn't hear it from me, but apparently they might be hitting more delays very soon with that. I was, actually. I was really afraid that you were going to say that during this podcast or vodcast or <laughs> pod vodcast, <laughs> whatever I, the I, fuck I do. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that uh, the delays were coming because it felt like the delays were coming. Because this is such a grandiose story that they're trying to tell. Yep. And the art is so specific. Oh, yes. Yes, it most certainly is. That that last issue, especially, where it's like, okay, you know what? We're doing this big, crazy crossover narrative. Let's shrink it down and laser focus and tell the story of just one character now. Yeah, I, I, so I wasn't the only one who thought that was weird. I thought this was going to be more of a wide-arcing thing, and then they mm -hmm. just kind of laser focused it. Like, in the last issue, and I was like, I didn't feel like I got as much out of this issue as I did the previous two. You and me both, man. And in <laughs> fact, it, it almost scares me, too, where I'm like, oh, oh, this feels like the series is pivoting or is about to pivot. And what we thought it was going to be about, it's going to be about something else now. They, 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 can, they can't do it at this point. Like, the, the breadcrumbs that they've laid out on this road to this have been so obvious. Mm. Or not, not even obvious, but... To change it up right now, mm. it would just seem like that was an in-room decision, yeah. like, at the deadline. You know what I mean? But but what, but what if we waited? Everyone has been, you know, on us with bated breath for the last two years. What if we gave them no answer and waited for two more years? Oh, my God. I don't, I don't, I don't see DC, because the comics are, and the animated movies are pretty much all they have right now. I can't yeah. see them making a Marvel-ass decision like that. It would make people very angry, but you know what? They're on top, and they've been on top for two years, and sometimes when you're on top for too long, you forget how you got there. <laughs> we should we should try to come up with something, like a catchphrase or something that sweeps the uh. globe now, and I call it uh, Mad, M-A-D, Marvel-ass decision. Marvel-ass decision. That's a Marvel-ass decision. I don't want to make a mad decision. Man, James, you made a marvel-ass decision. What is wrong with you? You had your life in order, and you fucked it up. It's like when your friend's starting to date somebody new, and then they start dating that horrible ex of theirs again. It's like, man, you just made a marvel-ass decision. I like it. I like it a lot. We, You will see that t-shirt in the comic multiverse shop very soon. I don't know how uh, YouTube works, but I'm going to do this, and hopefully something pops up underneath. Marvel-ass decision. Yeah. Hey, hey, Matt, wherever you are and whatever job you're working on right now that actually pays you, get get to work on that design, please. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I'll, Appreciate I'll you, it, Matt. I'll see you next week, Matt. <laughs> He's at WrestleMania right now. I can feel it. Man, I wish. It's funny, you know, for the longest time people said, man, you know, if you smashed uh, Joel's face and Matt's face together, you'd get Kevin Owens. Oh, crap. Now I cannot think that. I cannot see that now in my head. Here's the crazy thing. He, when I started, he was legit one of my favorites when I came back to it, so I have a bunch of KO merch. I should go around to Axis and, like, pretend to be him and, like, take pictures. Five dollars. Dude, people get away with it all the time here. There's a guy who goes to uh, Golden State Warrior basketball games, and he looks like the basketball player Clay Thompson, but, like, a little fatter. But 
he just wears the uniform or whatever, and people take pictures with him because they think he's Clay. Like Clay would be eating five dollar nachos. <laughs> Love it. Love it to death. Well, hey, guys, I know what I'm doing next year around this time. <laughs> Dress it up like Clay Thompson. Hey, if this if this YouTube thing doesn't work out, apparently I have a whole other avenue I can work <laughs> on. Uh, but, yeah, uh, moving on from there to uh, what kind of ended up being a bigger story, because, like, Matt and I talked about this two weeks ago, and we thought it was done, but it came back with a vengeance. Uh, we talked last week that Donald Glover... Uh, would no longer be doing the Deadpool show. The Deadpool show right. was dead, which was a shame because I'm like, oh, you know, he's a talented guy. And, you know, yeah, why why don't they do more adult animated uh, shows? That would be something yeah. for superheroes. That'd be something I'd like to see. Well, man, Donald Glover took to Twitter, uh, maybe not this week, but last week. He opened up big and he, he, he basically had like a 15-page mock script rebuttal to them saying, yeah, you know, we wanted to do the show, but, you know, Donald, uh, you know, Donald, he just wasn't, he, he, he was too busy is he what he was. Busy. <laughs> oh, I'll show you how too busy I am. Here's 15 pages of a mock script burning yeah, I'm just you. complete bullshit that I pulled out of my ass today. <laughs> I loved it. Uh... But that's he did that in typical Donald Glover fashion. I don't know if you remember, like, a year ago or so, he did that whole, like, three-page or four-page thing where he just wrote on his hotel stationery <laughs> this big, like, open, like, I'm afraid of letting you all down, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. And I was like, mm, this is your thing now. And then he released this 15-page script and go, this is Donald Glover. Yeah. And I, I get his frustration with it, especially if somebody's being dishonest for the reasons that things didn't work out uh i think that he deserves better than deadpool mm. like deadpool i love deadpool but he still has a certain fan base that yes. i don't feel like donald's yeah. for uh the, the low random fan base that i like it because he said a thing i recognize the, the essentially rick and morty fan base mm. even though i am a rick and morty fan and a deadpool fan Same. the majority of the fans, their their grasp on humor has always been a little off. We're, we're talking about the bad fans who ruin it for everyone. No, just the bad fans, and they're not they're not the majority. But like, it would be arrogant to pretend like they didn't exist and yeah. make this worse. Every fandom everywhere has this subgroup of people. It's true. The, the Szechuan sauce fans. The Szechuan sauce fans. Thank you for calling them that. SSFs. SSFs. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I would prefer to see him do something a little less comedic because I think that he has a Jordan Pills type mm -hmm. of dramatic muscle to him. Mm -hmm. uh, that he understands the dramatic. If you watch Atlanta, like he really balances comedy and drama well. So I would like to see him in something more drama heavy with comedy elements. Yeah. It's uh, not off the wall silly. I think like... When Posehn wrote the book, I was like, yeah, this, is yeah. this is right up Posehn's alley. But, yes. like, Donald's coming from a deeper well. So, like, I was thinking about it and what I would want him to do. Mm -hmm. uh, the, my dream project for Donald Glover is for him to do the uh, Isaiah Bradley short run Red, White, and oh, Black. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. As, like, a Netflix, like, 10-episode 10, 10 arc. Yeah. It doesn't have to like follow into more things, or you can like do that first thing about Truth Red, White, and Black, and then push it over into his grandson, the Patriot. Yes. And then you have you have your young Avengers story there. You can build off of from there. So he could be a part of like an actual 
part of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's the thing I would want him to write. I would like him. I would like to see him try his hand at uh, a War Machine standalone series. Ooh, yeah. I, I think there are a lot of stories that he would be more suited for than yeah. Deadpool because he's never like that bouncy kind of comedy that Deadpool has yeah. more towards his Derek comedy days. Yeah, yeah. He's more he's, so he's, he's matured. He's you know he has more depth to him now. He's he's definitely evolved, and I I believe that Deadpool's evolved from what he was, yes. but he's still his main shtick is still way 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 immature than what donald's doing now it's it's funny you know you're talking there about how deadpool matured i never used to be a deadpool fan it was the posein duggan stuff that got me in and i stayed yes and i stayed with this more kind of uh dramedy tone for deadpool and like duggan is closing up shop soon and the next guy who's going to be taking over is scotty young who's a funny guy in his own right but right. but it definitely looks to be that they're going back to more kind of like the, you know wacky zany Deadpool with gags, not the like you know I, I am a sad clown who masks my pain. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I totally get that, and I, I feel like it became a lot more apparent in uh, the Posein runs, yes. uh, the Duggan runs. Uh, but I felt that same kind of like tortured soul in the Cable and Deadpool run. Yeah, like, that's that was one of those ones I remember buying every single issue for mm. just because. Him and Cable played so well off of each other, and it was a joy to see Cable get to be lighthearted, and then yeah. he would have Deadpool would have these super serious moments where you're just like, this friendship you could tell underneath everything meant so much to him, and the way that the story was going, they knew that it was not going to be able to maintain what they were doing, so it was kind of heartbreaking in a yeah. way, and that's what got me on board with the character. Uh, then when he went on his own for a while, uh, it was kind of silly, yeah. uh, and then I picked back up on it with the Posan run. I, I think you just did a better job selling the Scotty Young run to me upcoming than they actually have. I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, no, that's that's because I don't do, like, cryptic solicitations. Yeah, which, the man, they, they got that, don't they? <laughs> oh, man, that's all they do. I don't even know the mindset you have to have to write those kind of things. I think Same. that's a completely different mindset of writing. Here's here's the crazy thing. The writers don't even write those. I have talked to plenty of people where it's like, hey, you know, here's here's, here's a little inside track for you. You know, blank is going to be happening in the next issue. I'm like, oh, the solicitation's already spoiled that. And they're like, of course they did. Fuck. <laughs> I've had a couple writers feeling like they're giving me like great little tidbits, only to be like, no, they spoiled that in the solicitations. Like they weren't supposed to. So, like, oh, I didn't read that. You would think that a writer would be able to read all of that, but man, there's just so many working parts in companies that mm-hmm. big that you you a lot of stuff flies under the radar until you get to a convention and you talk to a fan with an internet connection. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh, well, you know more about it than I do. I'm really gonna write that. Yeah. Huh. Okay, they, they they didn't tell me. All right then. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's the Donald Glover Deadpool thing. Kind of sad, but here's how. I mean, I know he's gonna bounce back into something. Here's hoping that you know this isn't the last we've heard of Donald Glover and Marvel. Here's here's hoping we see more of him down the line, maybe in the next Spider-Man Homecoming, because he is a character from there. Yeah, and if not, DC pick him up. Let's get another Static book out. Oh, oh man, Static. Static breaks my heart because, like, they have teased us so thoroughly about the return of Milestone. And did you see uh, uh, Robert Kirkman 
on AMC. Uh, he had a great documentary about the history of Milestone, and they talked to everyone involved. They talked to Reginald Hudlin, and they talked to Dennis Cohen, and they talked to all these other people. And the documentary tried to end on an upbeat note of like, yeah, you know, 2018 was going to be the time. We're going to resurrect Milestone. People need to see these characters again. Only for the news story to come out and be like, yeah, so uh, DC and Warner Brothers don't own all of it. Uh, Dwayne McDuffie's widow owns most of it. And you guys tried to cut her out of the deal, which means... Yeah, no, unless... uh, Milestone is a clusterfuck, dude. And yes, it has it been for decades now. Like, and that was, that was one of those companies that, like, when I was younger and I wanted to be a writer, that was one of those companies I dreamt of writing for. Like, uh, just... You know, just telling these stories from, like, an African-American perspective mm -hmm. just because uh, apparently if you try to tell one from an African-American perspective in a mainstream, uh, anger. Yes, uh, people, people so get just, very upset with you. <laughs> why don't you read new characters with specific names that I can choose to ignore at the comic book store and never support? Yep, yep. Tricking me by calling her Ironheart. But, like, that was one of those companies, and then I went into reading on it, and, dude, they were just... They, the delays and the the the, the arguing in house that mm -hmm. I, I read about it was just ridiculous oh, yeah. and so I could, I could see why it why it went under but at the same time man aesthetic shock meant so much to so many of us so, totally. to not have him there is is weird. It's, it's an interesting thing, too, when we stop and think about it. The DC Animated Universe probably did more to integrate Static and his cast of characters into the DC canon than the comics at the time did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean it's the same with uh, Batman Beyond. Mm -hmm. well, like, you, you saw him on TV first, and you're like, he's so cool, he has to already be a part of established canon, right? Took, took them was, like, decades to work him in. <laughs> yeah, it's just, he was one of those characters where you saw them and even if you never read a static book before mm. you assume that there was tons of them out there already and yeah. you just this was just a guy who flew under the radar i mean with static you are leaving so much money on the table in a day and age where 90s nostalgia is coming back so big and so strong i really so wish they could work it out i don't know who you would get to play him mm. uh I, I would i would pick uh the kid from stranger things but he's not old enough yet mm. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty solid choice. They would probably cast Jaden Smith. Uh, when they Because who's... life isn't fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if my daddy was Big Willie style, I could be putting everything, too. Yeah, if my dad can be in a subpar DC property, I can, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, hey, you know what I would get? There's that great show uh, from the Steven Universe guys out now called Craig of the Creek. I don't know who does the Ooh. voice of the main kid in that, but he's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I can't think of his name off the top of my head either. Um, I, I'd have to look that up. But, no, that vo that voice is perf. Really, that voice is really perf. good. But are you talking an animated new static or are you talking a live action uh, new static? E either one. I don't know, man. Some voice actors don't translate over. Like, they there's really some reason some people have, like, faces for radio. You not, know what I mean? Not, not everyone can be Carrie Payton where it's like, God damn it, he's a brilliant voice actor and he's a good looking guy too who can be in live action stuff. Jesus. No, no, all of those people should be rounded up and burned. You can't be both. You can have a personality or looks. You can't have both. You're leaving nothing for the rest of us. Stop being so talented, Carrie Payton. <laughs> I hate your dreamy face. <laughs> Some poor suckers walking around with nothing because this guy's got it all apparently. <laughs>
God damn it, get to be in the original <laughs> Teen Titans and be in the new Young Justice show and be on Teen Titans Go and a million other things. Oh man, to be on even one of those shows as an extra would be a life dream and he oh. just gets to run through the gauntlet. Lucky, lucky man. But yeah, so that's the Deadpool thing. Uh, moving on from there, we have some fairly interesting Spider-Man news that came out of C2E2. Uh, obviously, Dan Slott's run is ending as of issue number 800. Nick yep. Spencer will be taking the reins. But an interesting thing is apparently carrying over from the Dan Slott run, and that is Spider-Man will be wearing the black suit again as we start up from uh, 800 onwards. Right, uh, like he's 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 ACDCing it up back mm. in black, which is personally favorite favorite Spider-Man favorite. Uh, well, outside of I know it's an unpopular opinion, my favorite Spider-Man is Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley. But back in black, Spider-Man, Secret War, Spider-Man, that was that was when I felt like the character shifted into mm-hmm. a like a more grounded character because you have the angst and anxieties and mm. fears and insecurities there that like you were really ex- like experiencing in real life. So to see him maybe go back to that, or is he going to a, just like an all black like suit or is it going to be a symbiote? They, they, they haven't said. And like the symbiotes are all kind of up in the air in the moment where it's like, okay, well, Eddie has the original Venom one now. Flash Thompson is agent anti-Venom currently. They got rid of uh, a couple of the other symbiotes. And also, this suit, even though it's the black costume, as my buddy Sal pointed out to me on Twitter, it's not quite the black suit you remember because he kind of has what looked to be web wings under the arm where he didn't before. Aren't there, like, aren't the legs a bit more jagged, too? Yes, which it's like, is this... Because obviously, in the story as it stands right now, I haven't read the newest issue, but he's fighting Norman Osborn, who has taken over the Carnage symbiote, and he's calling himself the Red Goblin. Is this like Peter needing a new symbiote to like fight fire with fire or is he trying to trick him into thinking he has a symbiote when he doesn't yeah no i like i'm trying to because they're not going to give him back the venom symbiote because no. the movie's about to come out yeah like, if, which even though it might suck again multimedia is important so we need a popular venom book i, I like your optimism by saying might uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have no good feelings about it Neither the, the stuff they released way too early just shows me that this is probably not going to be good. It's like one of those game trailers that they oh, release yeah. way too early, and then three years go by, and you get it, and it's garbage. My, uh, my hope is at least it's one of those spectacular failures that we can talk about for years to come. Hey, I'm right there with you, and I have every faith with every fiber of my being that it <laughs> is going to be one of those spectacular failures. I feel it. It's that fantastic four feeling you oh, get. Oh, yeah. Oh, but like uh, i want uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what exactly the suit is uh mm. if it's just like uh, a new prototype that he's built uh that's just black and it's supposed to be more for stealth and mm. like distraction but um like the way they've done the symbiote so far i i would not be surprised if it is a brand new symbiote since you know that most of them are good guys and it depends on the person yeah. that you're with it's, it's interesting because, like, they had that last big, like, uh, Venom Inc. crossover where Flash was trying to tell Peter, like, no, 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 the symbiotes are good. You know, I've been to space. There's a bunch of stuff you didn't know about them. They just get a bad rap. But Peter was weirdly anti-symbiote the whole time. Like, no, fuck those symbiotes. I don't want them anywhere near me. They ruined my life. And he never learned a lesson at the end of that story. He never learned to trust them or that they have a new status quo. So it would be funny to see him picking up a new one. 
Yeah, that was that was something that I, I remember talking to a friend of mine about. I was like, hey, even Superman kind of gave Lex Luthor kind of a chance, yeah. right? Like, but his was just complete. Nope, I, I know it's been inside me. I've been inside it. <laughs> this is not gonna go well. But he got it. All right, so if if they are all good, and the symbiotes take on the personality of the people that they attach themselves Ooh. to. Why was he an asshole the first time? It didn't join the Eddie first, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. What what does that say about you, Peter? Is the symbiote bringing out some darker shit in you that you didn't want to face? That maybe you're the secret asshole? Yeah, no, exactly. And a lot of Spider-Man, like, we don't have the time of day to go through how many times we could probably prove he's probably the asshole yeah. of the whole thing. But, yeah, I could see him being a bigger dick than, mm. like, he's letting on because... A lot of his backstory is the nerd who felt like he deserved more. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, so there, there has to be a little bit of darkness inside of Peter, and it's just not enough to overcome what a good guy he is overall. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually skimming through the, the newest issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I haven't covered it yet. I'm probably going to cover it at the end of the week. Uh, Flash Thompson is still uh, bumping around this story, and he's still working for Alchemax. So if I, if I had to guess, if I had to theorize here... I'm going to guess maybe Alchemax has, like, a spare symbiote or a spare piece of the Venom symbiote sitting around. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Like, it's very weird not to take Alchemax as a big threat right yeah. now because they're not a threat until the distant future. But yeah. every time I get a name, I'm just like, they're up to no good right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost adorable. It's like, oh, Alchemax, that's so cute. You're not even a shocking threat yet. No, not yet. Shock that. <laughs> Shock that. I don't know what was up with the 90s and horrible replacement swear words. Oh, yeah, you gotta invent your own <laughs> slang there. Shell of a time. Oh, so good, so good. Tr <laughs> truly, it was the year of our Lord, 1990. <laughs> this is why he died right here, folks. <laughs> For that and Jinko jeans. Oh, God, bring them back. Man, I saw Jinko jeans, uh, but it's because when you scroll through Instagram and sometimes you get the promoted ads, someone was uh -huh. selling Jinko jeans. I'm like, mm, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Like, if I still had a Discs Man, I would I would get some Jinko jeans, because that was the only pair of pants I ever had that could fit the whole Discs Man in there. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, maybe I could bring them back. I know I'm a D-list comic book YouTuber, but I could bring them back. That could be my thing. We're going to bring back Jinko and FUBU, me and you. There We're gonna you do go. It. <laughs> Booyah, together. But podcasting twins' power, activate. Form, Form of, of out-of-date fashion. <laughs> there you go. Just anything that kills this skinny jean trend, man. I do I do not like these skinny jeans. I don't have a vibe for it. I just don't. Neither do I. <laughs> like, like mine are, mine are too skinny. My thighs are too skinny for skinny jeans. They just look like horrible boot cuts that, like, shrank in the wash. Uh, God bless the trendy butler company that I work with, and I have a link in some of my videos, and you should check them out. And they, they try and keep me trendy. They try and keep me fashionable. They sent me a pair of, they weren't even skinny jeans. They were like skinny slack pants, and I'm like, you know what? I'm probably not going to be able to fit into these, but let's try. Let's roll the dice here. Can I say they've been having you decked out in style, my friend? They take care of me, man. They really do. It's <laughs> I like it because I can make funny Instagram posts where it's like, oh, they this week they dressed me like a like a cool substitute teacher. I'm gonna lean right <laughs> into that and get a pair of glasses that are too small, and I'm gonna take it's just a like picture. A pipe. That's man. If I, I if I had a pipe, I would have used the pipe. Oh, I have, I have several Sherlock Holmes pipes. I'll send one to you. Oh, yes. <laughs> the game is right. on, Watson. 
the, the half glasses. Oh, there you go. That's the cool. That you know what I've never been able to find. I think it's a special store that only British rock stars shop at. The <laughs> the John Lennon, Noel Gallagher like little glasses. Like they're like little tiny lenses on little tiny glasses. Like the super small ones. Like, yeah. are you an anime character come to life? Apparently. Uh, you have to buy those online. I have seen a pair of those. Uh, and any kind of cool circular frame glasses mm. you can get, you have to find somewhere online. I mean, I, I have a giant freak head, so I probably wouldn't be able to wear them anyway. Like, here's the thing. If you ever see me in a hat, that's a special hat I had to go get from, like, a big hat store. <laughs> now, I, now I'm going to have to find these glasses and buy them for you just so I can see your giant head in them. It's, it's going to be that Rick and Morty sketch with the big guys, or the big heads. It's like, hey, you know, it's a little bit. It's a little bits restaurant. I'm gonna be that guy. Right? <laughs> oh, it's, little, it's little glasses, little glasses. We got, we got a little lasagna. We got little glasses. <laughs> we got a little everything. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's that's your taste of Spider-Man news, everyone. Here's the thing, for better or worse, like I am probably more interested in what's happening in Spider-Man now than I have been like in the last year and a half. Because slots, oh, yeah. slots closing up shop. He's trying to finish up strong, and then Spencer's coming. So you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting time for Spider-Man. Oh yeah, now I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've been this interested in a Spider-Man story since you know uh, Superior uh, happened, mm. uh, and after that it was just kind of a lull, and now I'm just like I'm ready to get back in this because Spider-Man's that thing that I love, I hate to love, I hate that I love it mm. so much because it, it chases its own tail so often. It really, but, it really, really does. Man, here's here's a big question going forward, and here I want to get your opinion on this because me and Matt okay. talked this one to death. Uh, what's going to happen with Miles now? Because they haven't announced a new Miles book. Oh, honestly, it's, he's, he's mothballs with Riri. He's 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 adrift, and that's a shame because he was so good in it, Ultimate. It is, a, it is a shame, but I feel like I knew what his fate was going to be when they tried to appease everybody by yeah. calling him the Spider-Man. Yeah. I, you can't have, you know... Wally and you know Barry as both the Flash. One of them's going to be mm. Kid Flash by default, or he's right. going to need another name. Uh, and so by not by not giving him another name and just going like they're both Spider Man. I say I see what you're trying to do, but it's shitty from a story writing perspective. Uh, you wanted them to be equal, and indeed, when it started. They were equal because Miles had come from his own universe. He helped with the Secret Wars. He was given the torch by his Earth Spider-Man. The only problem is his Earth Spider-Man was dead and moved on. He was the only one. Peter's not moving here. So unless you want to send him to another city to establish himself, they're going to continually run into each other. Yeah, and I mean, you've already sent the 90s clone down to Houston. Are you going to send Miles to... I mean, and Miles is too young to move. It's true. He is. That's the thing. And it's, like Peter would have to be the one that moved. Like I don't. It's true. And it's like, and I could see at some point where they're like, no, no, no. It's fine. You know, uh, Miles will have the young teenage adventures. Is what he'll have. Like people remember from the you know Lee Ditko era. And Peter, he'll be an adult. He'll be running his own company, and he'll be having adult problems. Oh, people hate the company. Oh, people hate it when he has adult problems. Well, fuck then. <laughs> I just it, it reminds me a lot of our uh, our late night wars from like a decade ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Peter's Jay Leno and Miles Morales is like Conan O'Brien. Yeah. So he's probably gonna have to get moved somewhere else. Like um, when they when they get that wild hair off their ass to do another special imprint yeah. type of one, he'll probably get that. 
uh, and then maybe Peter will be replaced by whatever kid that he has or some lame replacement that we don't really enjoy. But I'm gonna I'm a Miles fan for life. Same. I'm gonna follow him wherever he goes and however often it pops up. That was one of the things about being a Black Panther fan so young. Mm-hmm. You didn't get the book. You just had or a Luke Cage fan. You just had to find him when they popped up. Yeah, but I mean, hey, look, look at Black Panther now. Sometimes you know the hand of time swings back the right way. No, I, I think that uh, may, maybe not in the next ten years, but in the following ten years, uh, when they get ready to do a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie, mm. it's going to have the same kind of weight as Black Panther did, mm. uh, just because you're going to have twenty years of fan base swelled mm. up for something live action from that. Character. It's true, and it, it's like the static thing too, where it's like, look, you know, the book did what it did, but did it capture the imaginations of young kids who ended up being writers and wanted to see that come exactly. back? Exactly, and like you put a, you put static anything out right now, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll watch it. Nice try, CW with Black Lightning. Uh, not the same thing. Not the same man, thing. Man, I cannot tell you the amount of articles I read that made me just slap my face. Where they're like, could Static Shock show up on Black Lightning? I'm like, why? What makes you think that? Why? Because all electrical black people know each other, apparently? <laughs> To, to be fair, uh, all electrical black people, I feel like, do know each other, uh, down to early, uh, late 90s rapper Silk the Shocker. Uh, I, think, I think he knew all the rest of the electronic black people. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that it was going to be a thing um, when I saw one of those articles, but then my brain quickly switched in and goes like, that. you know that's not how this company's set up. You know he's not going to show up there. Like, this is for people who don't read comic yeah. books. This is clickbait for people who remember the show, yeah. but don't know how the comic book industry the, works the at most, all. The most interaction uh, Static Shock and Black Lightning had, interestingly enough, was in that last season of Young Justice when he started showing up more. And Black Lightning's like, hey, Virgil, we should hang out more. It seems like we have a lot in common. <laughs> what, hair? Did you mean hair? Yeah. Huh? Are you a Knicks fan? You also support the Knicks? I'm a Timberwolves fan. What are you trying to say here, Black Lightning? I don't know a white person's writing me right now. I know, right? That's basically what it was. Where it's like, oh, oh, Greg Wiseman and company, you're usually so good about this. <laughs> Just like, that was one of those things where, like, because uh, me and my uh, stepdad, we've watched, like, the old Justice League together since we were young, so we love DC Animated. We both just kind of gave, gave each other a look when they said that to each other. It's like, now what the hell do they have in common? <laughs> there's, there's a huge generational gap uh, against us. Hey, you know, I was on the Outsiders and you were on this team. Like, I'm 28 years old and I can't talk to a 23-year-old, really. <laughs> it's rough, like, so isn't it? I don't it? know how that shit was going to work out. It's it's very rough, I agree. <laughs> I've, I've done it. It's, it. it's it's amazing the generation gaps they created in a short amount of time. Yeah, you're like, you're only five years younger than me. How do you not remember anything that I remember? Yo, remember the Disney afternoon? They played cartoons on Disney in the afternoon. Well, on Saturday morning. <laughs> nice. It was good shit. It's always good shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, another big thing here from Marvel as we talk about this. Uh, Spider-Man getting a new number one. But they're going to keep the legacy numbering and the new numbering, which is hilarious because they used to do this, then they stopped, and now they're doing it again. All right, so, like, I just wanted to make sure I got understood this because it was a little confusing to me, and I was wanting Please. to see if it was what they were doing back in the day when you would have what the current run was, and then, yes. like, a dash or, like, a line, and underneath that it would be what the comic yes. book was overall. Yes. 
So they're just going back to the thing that made like cataloging these easier. Yes. Mad. M-A-D. I know, right? It's one of those things where it's like, this is something you should have either been doing all along or something that you should have just, you know, just been like, live and let live with it. But it's like, okay, so when you pick up that Spider-Man, when you pick up Nick Spencer's Spider-Man, it's going to be Amazing Spider-Man number one, dash under it a little bit, 801. Oh. I just... There's going to be so many confused uh, file cabinets in the world. Uh, like, right, so what did they say was the justification behind bringing it back other than it should have never left in the first place? Because we sell comics and we make memories, and some of those memories involve numbers. God, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. All right, so so everything that comes out now is going to be a number one, but it's also going to be a number whatever it is. And also, not everything is going back to number one. Only some things are going back to number ones. There's also going to be a handful of miniseries, but if those are popular, like if Sentry is popular and Ant-Man and Wasp is popular, they're probably going to get new ongoing solos, but what are the numbers going to be for those? Uh, okay, okay. Devil's Advocate here. Please do. Defending Marvel. Uh, what if, uh, what if there's two Marvels now? They found a gateway. <laughs> a a Stargate. I don't know. I don't know. They found, they found know. a Rick and Morty portal. Like, like, this is one of those things where I'm sure they had a conversation and it's like, look, it's gotta be a band-aid. We just gotta do it and get it done and just, you know, don't, don't fuck with it for the next five to eight years. That, that has to have been something that a majority of the people that a majority of the creative teams have been pushing for years I'm guessing, now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the only way that made sense. And now that they're going like, well, well, we're about to do this whole soft reboot, non-reboot thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll just do it now. It's like, well, well, now we have to get everybody used to it again. And well, I mean, at least comic book fans growing up now are going to get to experience the same kind of confusion that we yep. did with this constant rearranging of numbering. It's, it's a special moment. It's a coming of age for a whole new generation of fans. Oh, have fun screaming at people at your comic book store because yeah. they don't have the issue they're supposed to. Uh, and they're telling you that they do and they're pointing at it and you go, no, 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 sir. Back in uh, my issue day. Two, <laughs> back in my day, they used to oh, be like this. You, you, what you, what you a Marvel-ass decision. Yep. I don't get it. <laughs> another another one for the shirt pile is what that one is. But hey, you know what? Here's here's a good idea that Marvel has. This also came out of C2E2, and this is something I've been yelling forever for both companies to do. Really, hey, we got this Fresh Start initiative coming up. We have, you know, brand new number ones, brand new jumping on points we want for people we have Avengers, which has some of our best AAA talent on it at the moment. It's connected to a big movie that's coming out soon. Hey, why don't we run TV spots that let people know that comic books exist and they can go buy them? Boom. Like, that that was something, like, uh, when you sent me uh, what we were going to be talking about, uh, and then I, I looked up the fact that uh, they were going to do a TV spot for it, I was like, where was this for Civil War? Where was this for World War Hulk? For if you anything. would have shown World War Hulk in an advertising pros- like uh, avenue, like on TV, you would have way... I mean, it did well by its own. Oh, yeah. Like on its own. But like, if you would have showed that to people, mm-hmm. 
like just did one for Civil War, or like a commercial run for Civil War, oh, yeah. and then did a commercial run for World War Hulk and Planet Hulk and all that, just one a piece for each like story that you were trying to tell. That's so many more first time readers that are gonna go, Whoa, I love trailers. After it's so it's so true, and it's like, hey man, you know, Marvel Comics, are you not owned by a massive entertainment giant that owns TV studios and ad time and all this other stuff? Doesn't is like 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 I'm just me, I'm just a fan, I don't know anything, but you know, it's in my humble opinion, <laughs> people people buy things when they know they exist. Now I'm just a small town nerd, but I reckon like a simple country hyper chicken. <laughs> I'm a simple country hyper chicken. Like yeah, no, um, that was always something that even before the movie started getting popular, like the mm. MC, there was always, always, always a way to expand that fan base, and all you had to do was do a. 15 to 30 second television spot. Yeah. Like every now and then for whatever mm. major thing you were really excited about and you really wanted to be the gemstone of what you were pushing out that year. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it seemed like such a no brainer. It's, you know, again, to their credit, when Black Panther came out, apparently it's certain select screenings. I don't know if it was the Alamo Draft House that did it or if like the, the cool theaters did it, where it's like, uh-huh. hey, it's like, hey, you bought a ticket to Black Panther? Here's issue number one of Ta-Nehisi Coates' new Black Panther series. Yeah, they definitely didn't do it at mine. Uh, we, mine we had a horrible local radio station oh, try to no. make us do a dance contest for DV, like non-black related, like Black Panther related prizes. Oh, jeez. They gave away like season two of The West Wing as a prize <laughs> on DVD. I was like, this is a mostly black audience. I'm like, who's this for? <laughs> Everyone's favorite season, season two of The West Wing. If you knew anything about black people, you know we enjoy season three of The West Wing. <laughs> no, we enjoy season two of Frasier. Not to take anything away from Aaron Sorkin. Man's a fine writer, but let's Yeah, say. I mean, he's, he, he's no, uh, he's no uh, Amy Palladino. Mm-mm. Gilmore Girls is my West Wing. Mm-hmm, but, you, you know, to each his own. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, guys, you should you should do this more. Every company should do more ads. Like how when... Uh, when DC had their uh, DC Rebirth thing, they're like, hey, we're going to have a big stream where you can watch on your internet box and you can come <laughs> and meet the writers and the editors and we will tell you of the books that are coming and why you should be excited. I'm like, why don't you do this every time? Yeah, do it do it every time. Um, I see why they don't do it every time because it's like... Uh, coordinate. It, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lot uh, and it's only for people like me and you. Yeah. But... A commercial spot is for the MCU, DCU, like, crowds. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that's that's for the movie crowds. And movie crowds need visuals, and they need a sharp, like, concise summary of what they're about to get into, like oh, a yeah. little teaser. And if you can do that, and I know you have the talent mm-hmm. at Marvel, between you and Disney and ABC, I know you have the talent to put together a solid promo uh-huh. once every event. You know what else they should do? Hey, you know those big movies you have where people see them by the bus loads? Should maybe take that trailer you make for TV? Yeah, you should put it on the print of your movie so people can see that. <laughs> oh my god, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And, like, maybe in like when you have your premieres or whatever, like, I don't think it would be that much to, like, hire a bus or something mm. uh, with a couple of Marvel representatives, liaisons, that, can, that are out there, like, opening weekend. Oh, yeah. With... On, with a table out on splay, mm-hmm, going, mm-hmm. these are the essentials. Yeah. Like, what do you want to read? You just came out of the movie. What do you want to read now? 
Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, hire people like you and me who know our shit and be like, you know what? You seem like a squirrel girl person. Here's some squirrel girl for right. you. Right. I mean, if the Scholastic Book Fair can go oh. around like every school on the planet, absolutely, Earth, they can get they can get a couple of trucks together uh-huh. and go like. You just got out of Black Panther? Well, here's the first appearance of the Black Panther. If you mm. want his first major appearance, check this out. If you want his first solo thing, check this out. And you can sell so much more there. Yeah. Oh, God, absolutely. Without a doubt. Man, th- that has to be a first, too. Someone's mentioned the Scholastic Book Fair on here. Thank you. I forgot how much I like the Scholastic Book Fair. I'm a man of first. And I don't forget the first place I picked up... Uh, Captain Underpants. Yeah. And the attack of the like talking toilets or whatever. I I, I liked Captain Underpants. I also liked uh Ricky Ricotta and his giant robot. That was also Oh so Ricky Ricotta. <laughs> oh my god. Nostalgia wave, man. man. Here's the funny thing. I actually went back because I'm like, man, did they ever finish that series? Because in the back of the book, they were always like, oh, Ricky Ricotta and his giant robot will return. And it's like, here's a list of ones that are coming out whenever the writer artist has time for it. I discovered that they actually went back and redid all the art for those books to make it more anime. Really? Yes, and I was I was upset. I was like, this is not my Ricky Ricotta. <laughs> Bro, you can't trust Scholastic. They're going to hurt you eventually because all their books were like that. We're like, hey, check out these books that we, the artist agreed to write. And yeah. he said these were the titles. And he's already like put, like spent the deposit. He spent that initial thing we gave him. So he has to do it now. Yep, I, I couldn't believe it, man. <laughs> I, I can only imagine the amount of people in the comment section where it's like, God, they spend the first 20 minutes talking about wrestling and the last 20 minutes talking about Easy Reach uh, children's books that they loved. <laughs> You're lucky we didn't get to a Star Trek conversation. Uh, we can go all over the place. The, the Trek, man. It's the Trek. It's the Trek. Trek comic books. We can talk about that. That's fine. For real. Well, hey, you know, that is that is actually the last news story. We're, we're nearing about the time we normally do for an episode, so this just flew by. I will, I will actually throw the rest of the show over to our guest. Tell people where they can find you, your work, what do you got coming out, what, uh, what, what do you want more eyes on? All right, cool. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Joe. Oh, this has man. been so much fun. Like, I don't really get to talk shop like this that often. Um, like, all around, like, a lot of uh, casual fans, so I don't really get to go as in-depth mm-hmm. uh, as we did today. Uh, again, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Sandwich. I already have a comedy album out on Spotify, Apple yes. Music, Google Play. It's called Tapitha. Uh, I am currently working on uh, the finishing touches of my second album, Tabitha 2, Heterosexual Princess. Uh, it's, it's my name. It's my name. Um, but other than that, I don't really, I don't really have like a whole lot um, going on. Um, if you're in the DFW area, if you're like a Joel fan and you're in Texas, in the North Texas area, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, I'm doing shows all over the place all the time. My next show is in Fort Worth. April 14th at Fort Worth Live, and that's going to be a great show. There's going to be bands and musicians, and I'm, I'm headlining it, and it's going to be it's going to be an outstanding show. So, like, though, that's where you can find me. Uh, other than that, I'll probably be outside of your local gas station <laughs> asking you for a change or a single cigarette. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that's where I get recognized the most, too, actually, gas stations and coffee yeah. shops. I mean, it's mostly because old, like, ex-classmates work at the gas stations. None of us did anything with our lives. <laughs> I, I, I assume our demo were really big with the barista crowd. <laughs> Man, you know, gotta, oh. g- gotta listen to the comic multiverse while I crush these beans. 
Gotta crush those beans. You know what? I'm gonna listen to an old episode of the Comic Multiverse. I got a bean grinder downstairs. There I'm just gonna go. do it for the hell of it. <laughs> Good stuff. So thank you so much, Josh, for joining us. You were a Dude, wonderful you. guest. It was a pleasure having you. We will have to get you back in the future is what we'll have to Anytime, do. Anytime, brother. Oh, Anytime. Totally. Absolutely there. I'm sure Matt will be like, man, I wish I could have met Josh, too. He seemed nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime, man. We're friends now, legally. There you go. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, man. So that was the show, everyone. As always, this is where I tell you to like, subscribe, and favorite. If you particularly like the show and you want to listen to it early, you can check out my Patreon link down in the description. Did you know you could become a patron for as little as a dollar a month and help me pay Matt and keep the lights on in this operation? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You can do that. Also, hey, if you're if you're looking to buy a new comic book, uh, if, if you got your eye on a trade, you don't want to pay a cent for shipping, and you also want to help me out at the same time, use my book depository link down in the description. They have an excellent uh, selection, and everything you buy via my link goes to support me in the channel. You win, I win, everybody wins, I tell you. And so with that, this will conclude the Comic Multiverse for the week. Be sure to join us same time next week, but we'll do it all over again. So thanks for watching, everyone. Bye-bye.